Welcome to Fly the Sea, a maroon and gold podcast dedicated to Central Michigan football and basketball. Now, let's fly the sea with Adam Jaxa and Don Shido. Central Michigan is the Mac West champion as they take down Toledo 49 to 7. The Chippewas going to the Mac title game for the first time since 2009 after a 1 in 11 season last year. Happy to have you along on Fly the Sea, Adam Jackson, Don Shido, and former Mac champion and Chippewa football player, Hall of Famer, NFL player, name every little thing you want. Brock Gutierrez is back with us Lansing, this week. Lansing area Hall of Famer. Hey, keep it going, guys. Come Terrific on. dad. Charlotte, outstanding. Charlotte, oh, Charlotte wow. High Hall of Famer. hell of a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Humble as can be, Brock Gutierrez. Hey, What's man, up, happy to have you back on the podcast. Let's start with you, Brock. I mean, what a turnaround for this Central Michigan team. A great football program that hasn't been to the MAC championship since 2009. And here they are in year one under head coach Jim McElwain after just one win last season. How incredible is it to see the Chippewas back in the championship game this year? It's unbelievable. I mean, um, you know, something that gets lost, though, is we talk about the 1 and 11 season. You know, the season before, we were 8 and 5. You know, so it wasn't. It, <laughs> It's monumental what Coach Mack and his staff has done, but it's not. Central Michigan hasn't been gone for ten years. We've been around. We just haven't been able to win the West. And I always tell everybody when when they're wondering if they should go to school here as a player, and you know, I tell them, man, if you're here, we don't go a decade without getting a championship. There's other programs that don't even have them, and and uh, and we almost did. We almost went a decade without getting a chance to play for a championship. But thank goodness we won the West and had a little help from our. Very, very good friends, the Broncos out of Western Michigan. It's always <laughs> nice that they help us along a little bit, getting to the MAC championship. And uh, certainly will be fun chatting with a lot of those folks if, if we can pull it off on, on Saturday. Yeah, what a time to be a Western Michigan fan. You have it in your hands. You lose. You beat your arch rival during the regular season. Then you watch your arch rival go to the championship game, even though you beat them head-to-head during the regular season. And you had a great opportunity to win against a not-very-good NIU team. And NIU pulls out every trick in the book. They got a guy that looks like he's down, and he carts wheels off a defender for a touchdown. That was unbelievable. You know, that's kind of been Western's mantra, you know, just not being able to finish. And uh, thankfully, they were not able to finish Northern Illinois when they had every opportunity to do so. And we got a chance. I was rooting pretty hard. I think it had something to do with it, Donnie. I think that probably yeah. was the case. I mean, that was the most Maction game ever. Fumble from NIU to give Western a chance. They get like a 20-yard reception, and then they fumble and give it right back, and the game was over in the worst conditions possible. Rainy, cold on a Tuesday night in late November. Huge, though, for the Chippewas. And then Central Michigan guys still had to take care of business, had to beat yep. a team they haven't beaten since 2009. So it would have been nine straight losses Remember the Rockets, they were the MAC champs a couple of years ago. And Jim McElwain and the Chipwise, they didn't just beat the Rockets. They gave the Rockets their worst MAC loss in years 49 to 7. They got out 28 to nothing in front. And they just coasted. Brock, to see that team roll a team that they hadn't beaten in 10 years, that was huge. Well, and really, guys, they, they could have put up 100 points on that team. Toledo was so committed to stopping the run, and they still weren't able to do that. They were playing cover zero pretty much the whole, the whole game. And, and in the second half, if you remember, we really only tried to run one or two play-action passes. Uh, and that's and that's where one of the long touchdowns was uh, from Dormady um, was on play-action. And, and when, you know, you get behind those 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 corners, that slot corner, and there's nobody back there when you got safeties in the box. And 
and uh, really took the foot off the gas in that second half and just ran the ball all fourth quarter with, you know, with some guys that haven't gotten a lot of time uh, running the ball or even playing. So it was nice to get those guys in there and get them some play time in the last regular season game of the season. But, man, that could have gotten ugly, even more ugly. Um, uh, you know, and it wouldn't have bothered me if they would have put, on, put it on them a little bit. But, you know, Coach Mack took his foot off the gas, which was, which was good, I guess. Uh, after the heat of the excitement of the game wears off, you realize it's the right thing to do. But, boy, at the time, I would have liked to score 100. <laughs> you know what I like, too, about that game is – we all remember what happened last year where the Chippewas were the undisciplined team yeah, and all the penalties, yeah. and, and it really flip-flopped. Toledo, especially early in the game, really chippy, just out yeah. of control, bad penalties, and they kind of look like we did last year. It was nice to see the role reversal where we were the kind of the adult in the room for a change and put it on well, them. Well, it goes to show, you know, A, what a little bit of a disciplined program, a little discipline uh, in the coaching staff can do for you, A, and then on the other side of that is, also goes to show you what the human psyche does when when there's really nothing to play for you right. know and you're frustrated and you've been the top dog in Toledo and you just you know you you got six wins you're bowl eligible really doesn't do anything else you know maybe guarantees you a bowl a bowl trip but you know at that point you're pretty frustrated so this kind of shows you what the what, what can kind of creep into your brain when you don't have a lot to play for and you're ticked off yeah, and the, and the funny thing too is, is probably one of the MAC teams might be left out of the Bulls. There's, there's one more yeah. team than they have available spots out there for Bulls, and I think the MAC has what eight bowl eligible yeah. teams. Uh, seven so or eight. Somebody's probably going to be left home watching this year. That wouldn't bother me if it was Toledo. <laughs> it wouldn't bother me if it was Western, but they have seven wins, so it's not. That's not going to happen. Right. How about this Chippewa quarterback? play that we've seen guys uh, because it's had some ups and downs and roller coasters we started with Quentin Dormady at the beginning of the season and then it was David Moore once Dormady went down against Wisconsin and then the NCAA comes down with the suspension for Moore but Quentin Dormady since that New Mexico State game has progressively gotten better and better and better he throws 15 for 19 on Friday 215 yards two touchdowns no interceptions and not just Dormady, but Tommy Lazaro. His emergence has continued every single week. They've trusted him more and more in those short yarded situations. He had a couple of more touchdowns. I mean, the effective quarterback play for both Dormady and Lazaro has been huge for the Chippewas offensively. Yeah, and I think I think it's because they're not asking Dormady to do too much, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I think we've seen a couple of times if he's, you know, he's under the when things are going really well. He, he 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 does he does what he's supposed to do. He does a really good job, right? Protecting the football, not throwing interceptions, finding guys open, um, you know. But and when you're able to run the football with both of your backs effectively, and then that sets up the play action. You're able to swing the ball out of the backfield to one of your backs. You're able to get some slants and some high percentage passes. I mean that helps a ton. And and it's he's he's more of a game manager than a guy that's got to put the team on his shoulders and go out and win a game. So uh, when, when it's that type of situation, he's been very, very effective. And, and that's, that's what you need when you got a ton of weapons. That's what you need. And, and Central certainly has a ton of weapons. Now, Lazaro, just, you know, just having that role. I mean, he's the kind of kid you got to have. He's got to have a role for, you know, they ask him to play special teams, which never happens with a quarterback. You know, that kind of tells you that he's really the number, kind of the number three guy. Um, I mean, I Dormady and more. But, you know, he does have a set of skills, and, and that's the credit the coaching staff. They're able to find guys 
and their skill set and adapt a game plan so that he can help the team win. And that's what he's done. I mean, you know, four touchdowns in the last two games. Um, and, and, and really for me, the, 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 the best, one of the best plays of the season was uh, this weekend when, when Lazaro uh, had a chance to step out of bounds and just put his shoulder into that kid and, and just ran right over him, which quarterbacks don't do. At least I'm sure, you know, the Toledo player thought that quarterbacks would never do that, but he paid the price. And, and uh, that's just kind of indicative of, of his mentality. So it's a great role for him. And, and, and he's smart with the football and reading. He had that fumble against Bowling Green, but reading where the ball should go. Um, and it's been effective for Central. Yeah, he, he's the perfect quarterback for that role. The other thing why they've had so much success, Brock, and I, I want to go straight to that Tyrone Scott touchdown, the first touchdown of the game. How good is this offensive line been, particularly at home? I think they finished the year giving up just five sacks at home. Dormady, Lazaro didn't get sacked again on Friday. And, I mean, if you go back and watch that first touchdown, it takes a long time for those longer throws to develop and Dormady had all kinds of time, a perfect pocket, and that's really been the norm here for Central Michigan in 2019. We talked about it. Dormady yep. sometimes struggles when he gets those happy feet yep. and there's pressure. Well, the offensive line has done an excellent job of making sure most of the time he doesn't have pressure in the backfield. Well, again, that's a product of when you're running the football and those D linemen have to play the run on the play-action pass. That slows them down. Just and I'm not taking anything away from the offensive line right. play. They, they've been stellar, but I'm, that's just to my point that when you're able to run the football and, and play action, you know that's a deep drop that Normandy had on that on that post to Scott. Um, but it's you know they've got to honor that fake and and they do, and that slows them down. Then they got to re, redirect their their psyche to get into a pass rush mode, and it buys enough time. And and they're playing well together. They've all started all season together. Unfortunately, Oge's is out, um, but we talked about it on the broadcast. Cummings and Coach Matt, probably under Coach Mack's direction, but played several or two guards in particular, um, Deontay Powell Woods and Donnie Matowski at guard all season long from the very first game. And I asked him, I asked Cummings, I said, "Are you gonna? Is this gonna be just one of the four game redshirt to see who's kind of?" He's like, "No, no, no, no. These guys are playing all year. If they're if they're some of the better offensive linemen that we have." They're going to rotate in all year. And, you know, then you've got Derek Smith that can play. He's played tackle and guard. He's a starting guard, left guard, but he's played tackle and guard. So now the decision is you've got two true freshmen, both very good, high ceiling. Who's going to start? Are they going to rotate? I think he's going to let them duke it out. The only problem is, you know, Derek Smith maybe moves over to guard because Paul Woods really plays left guard and Matowski really just plays right guard right now. That's the one thing they've kind of kept that in one spot as a true freshman, they've got enough to think about. So I guess all around the offensive line has tons of depth playing well together. And the scheme that they're, that they're, that they're employing has helped them mature quickly and, and, and have effectiveness. Well, I think the offensive line has been huge, the continuity all season long. And I was, yep. I was listening to Chuck Martin, the Miami coach talk about the central Michigan offense yesterday, previewing what's coming up in the Mac championship game. And, and he was talking about all the different weapons that the Chippewas have, the two running backs, and now you look at the wide receiving core when you look at Sullivan and Pimpleton, you know, one and two in the MAC in a lot of different categories when it comes to receiving. And then you add Tony Polgen into the mix. Yeah. He said it's the best receiving core along with Jonathan Ward coming out of the backfield in the MAC. And he praised Jonathan Ward as being one of the best receiving running backs in the country. So oh, for I, sure. I think for you're just sure. seeing now that – 
as long as the offensive line is stable and we didn't have that last year, all these weapons that are there for Dormady, who, like you talked about, isn't one of those guys you want to put it on his back like a Shane Morris or a Cooper Rush. But with all those weapons, the running game working, the offensive line, this is the best offense in the MAC, and I don't think it's even close anymore. I don't either. They're firing on all cylinders. They've, they've, they do more of now. They have wrinkles, of course, but they they know what they are, right? We're run it, establish the run, play action, pass, offense. They know that. There's wrinkles off it every week to be sure as to who they're going to attack, but they're not changing their game plan, whole wholesale every week. You know, it's it's like I've always felt that good teams know what they are and they tell the other team, you got to stop me, you know, and, and they've done that all year. And it's just been great to watch. And it took a little while. Right. We didn't know who Ja'Cory Solden was going to be. We knew who Jonathan Ward was. We didn't really know who Pimpleton was going to be. We thought, he, you know, we all had ideas because we saw him in practice. But, you know, and then getting Poljan into the into the spot that he should be playing. I mean, holy cow, what a weapon. I think that they'd like to use him a little bit more. You know, he was hurt a game or two, and, and just getting him more into the game plan, how do you stop that mismatch of a six, seven, 265-pound guy? You can't. So just, man, I look around that offense, and I think, man, a ton of weapons. And the great thing about it is, you know, we're losing our running back. All those guys that we just mentioned, besides Ward, are back next year. And uh, and it's going to be exciting to see, to, to, to build on for next season, and let alone just this season. I think our best season is a year or two away. Yeah, well, and you lose Ward, but you're going to bring back a 1,000-yard rusher in Kobe Lewis and yeah. also a talented you know, redshirt freshman in Lou Nichols. Yeah, so it's like, yes, that you may be graduating a couple, but they've got some good depth, as we talked about. A lot of people said, you know, well, Central Michigan won just one game last year. I don't know how much talent's over there. Well, we continuously have said there is talent on that roster. They just yeah. didn't perform up to the abilities that they have. Yep, there's no doubt about it. I mean, last year you could just see they just – we talked about it all the time, ad nauseum. We don't need to dwell on it, but you can certainly see the difference that direction and accountability and having a plan does for a football team. Because every school's got scholarships, right? They all have the same amount of scholarships. So there's good players on every team. But how do you hold those guys accountable, which then in turn brings the younger guys into the fold, holds them accountable, and they know what's expected of them. And what's expected of them is their best all the time, and Coach Mack's been able to get that out of those guys. Yeah, this offense starting to roll 48 points against Northern Illinois, 45 at Ball State, 49 last week, playing great football really on both sides of the ball heading into the MAC championship game. And wanted to break down some numbers before we talk about Miami going to the MAC title game. Mention it. Haven't been there since 2009. Guys, Central Michigan is the only team. Now, we, we know there's one team in the current MAC right now that hasn't been to the championship game. That's Eastern Michigan. 11 other teams have been to that title game. Central Michigan is the only team that has not lost in the MAC title game. They're 3-0 back in 06, 07, and 09. I mean, traditionally, Brock, the Chippewas have been really good when they get to this football game, and this is year 23 that we've had a MAC championship game. Those are some good stats right there. Adam. I got well you, done. Brock. I got well you. Well done, baby. No, uh, again, I just I spoke about that earlier. The tradition that Central Michigan is. And the and, and and the chance if you come to play here, you're going to get a chance to play for a MAC championship and win one. And and uh, those are good stats. I tell you what, I don't see that changing this Saturday against Miami. And uh, I don't want to jinx it, but I just the offense has too many weapons, and we haven't even talked 
We haven't even spoke about the defense yet. Right. And the pass rush that this defensive line, this front seven, the, the ability of the linebackers and, and the and the maturation of the of the corners that we were all concerned about at the beginning of the season. I mean, I, I just uh, I don't see that changing this weekend in Ford Field. You know, I think the other big factor, too, for the Chippewas when they go to Ford Field is it's Ford Field. It's in Detroit. You look at the crowds, yeah. what, 25,000 about each time they've been there, and probably, what, 17,000, 18,000 of those at least were Chippewa fans. It's almost like a home field advantage. And, it, and it's been yeah. so long, too, right? Like, th- those were – three out of four years that they were going there, but it's like I feel like people are going to be more excited because it's been 10 years since sure. they've been in this game. And it was so unexpected, too, for most people. Yeah. They, did, they didn't think it was going to happen, so I think all these alums now are ready to climb back on board, and they're they're so happy with the success. I would expect a big turnout on Saturday. Yeah. I, I wouldn't disagree with you at all. I, I've had I mean, several texts from people that I haven't followed Central Michigan football in, in a while and, and you know, hey, we're going to see you at the game. Let's, you know, and there's all the chatter around. I, I think there's going to be a great turnout. Um, I'll be I'll be upset if there isn't at least 30,000 people there, and, and I think it'll be loud, and I think it'll be full of maroon and gold. Guys, one thing that I wanted to bring up with the conference, and, and we've talked about this, Brock. We talked about it last time you were on the podcast about the parity in this league and how it feels like there's a shot for most teams and there wasn't a clear-cut favorite this year. How about this to back that up? This will be the fifth straight year that there's a different conference winner in the MAC. I mean, going back to 15, Bowling Green won, Western Michigan in 2016, Toledo in 2017, NIU in 2018, and and Buffalo nearly won last year. And this year it's going to be Miami or Central Michigan. It seems like this is a really fun league where teams are up and down, but there's not really a consistent winner. I mean, NIU was able to get to the title game recently, but there's been a lot of parity here in the last five years. Yeah, unless unless you're an Ohio State fan, you know, and you're and you're and you're and you're not you're not you're not enjoying the Big Ten championship every year, right? If you're if you're, if you're a Big Ten fan, you know, unless you're an Alabama fan in the SEC, you're not enjoying that championship game. You know, this year you are, but uh, uh, it just it's nice to see you getting all these other fan bases involved, and uh, and I think that's I think that's good for the league. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. If we went on a little run here where there was, you know, three, four years in a row where Central Michigan was in the oh, next sure. championship, but, but uh, certainly that's good. It'll get a lot of different people to Ford Field and uh, hopefully check out uh, the Detroit area and, and hopefully get a lot of Miami fans come out. That makes it a lot more fun. And I know they don't, uh, they don't have a good following. They've been down for a while, but that'd be nice if, if there was forty thousand and it was twenty thousand Miami fans. That's always great to have that atmosphere. It's fun to play in front of that kind of crowd. Yeah, and they've been traveling a little bit better of late now that they're a little bit better under under Chuck Martin. Like you said, that's a program that's been down for years and it hasn't been that relevant. You gotta go back to two thousand ten since they won the Mac championship and then went back to two thousand three and four when they had some good teams as well and they won a championship there. And I think you're right. I think the parity is good for the conference, although I wouldn't mind seeing a three- to four-year run because that's usually what it is. You, right. know, you remember our run back in 09 and then 07 and 06, interrupted in 08 with the injury to Lefevre and, and not winning that year. And then Northern Illinois had a great run. They were in the championship yeah. game, what, six, seven years in a row and won three of them. So you, you see the runs, but they don't last forever in the MAC. And I think part of that has to be with the instability you see at coaching. When you when you have a really good run, you know your coach is probably gone, and that usually signals the end of a run. Yep, yep. There's no doubt about that. That's you know, fortunately, Central was able to survive a coaching change and continue their run. You know, in, in those years that we discussed. But uh, for the most part, you're right. Those guys they win a championship or two 
or get to the game a couple of times and then and then they move on so uh and i think we've seen what a difference coaching can make in this conference and i think northern illinois sees it right now i think there's a few teams around the league that can see what happens when they lose their coach and and maybe maybe don't pick the right the right coach um to, to lead the program but i think right now Central's got the right coach. Now we just need to keep him for a little while. Yeah, absolutely. Chip was in the MAC championship game for the first time since 09. Miami for the first time since 2010. So expecting the fan bases to be out in full force. Brock, you just brought it up, and it's something Don and I have discussed, and we've said it. We're just speculating, but we have to talk about the elephant in the room. If Coach McElwain wins the MAC championship, even if he doesn't win the MAC championship, this is the best turnaround in 2019 in the FBS. What do you think about his chances of potentially coming back next year or taking one of these jobs? I think there's like seven or eight now FBS jobs that have opened up, and we're certainly going to get more as the season winds down. Yeah, I, I think it's got to be the right job, right? I mean, he's not going to leave for a Cincinnati uh, or a, or a, or a group of five program. I I don't I don't I don't think that doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, and I don't think he's going to leave for a for a lower level Power Five conference uh, team. You know, like a I'm not speaking specifically about a Rutgers or a Maryland or a, you know those types of schools in the Big Ten or you know there's some SEC schools. I know Vanderbilt's not open, but but a team like that that's been down perennially. I don't think he goes to Missouri. Um, I just I don't think he. I think in, in his mind he's he would go back to a a competitive uh, power five team where he can, because we face it guys, there's how many teams in the country are really every year realistically have a chance at winning the national title. Is there a dozen? Maybe, maybe less than that. It's really, it's really shrunk since the playoff. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's there's so few teams that, that realistically, realistically can, can win a national championship. So I think it's gotta be a team that, that has the, um, the backing, um, to, to, to compete for a national title. That's my opinion. I have no nothing to base that on because, right, he's, he's coaching the SEC. He's won two uh, SEC East titles, has not won a conference title. This would be his first one if he wins it right. as, a head, as a head coach. But, I mean, I just he, – he is as – this is all speculation, so it could, he could take a new job tomorrow. I have no idea. But is, I think that – I don't think he's unhappy with where he is. I think, you know, he's 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 – made a lot of money you know we all have egos right and you know i want to go i want to get a big sec job but i want to make you know a ton of money well he's done that um he's turned programs around he's done that he's not 40 years old i mean i don't know those are all reasons why i think he may stay a year or two you know another year or two in addition to this um but you know it's tough to turn down six seven eight million bucks a year i mean that's 10 times what he's making now and there's some programs that are open that that have the ability to do that. You know, I don't know if Arkansas makes a run at him. I don't, they're, they're making a run at Malzahn, I think. And you, you just, you just never, you never know, but that's just my opinion. I don't know what you guys think about it, but you know, um, if it were me, if it were me speaking about myself, I, I would stay a while. What's, there's no pressure here, right? Yeah, right. Well, and and like you said, if there's not that perfect job next year, we just talked about it. Like pretty much most of this team is coming back again next year. Plus, they, they would get to move into the new end zone building, have their offices yeah. in there, recruit to that. I mean, that's all trending upwards for Central Michigan. And, and listen, whether or not he wins this title game, 
on Saturday. He's still done an incredible job, and fans are very happy with the way he's turned around this program. So I think you're right. If he wants to stay, no one's going to be bummed about that. We'd love to have him for as long as he's going to be here. Yeah, and if the right job isn't out there like Brock talked about, why not come back? We, we yeah, t- because the cover's not bare, right? right. Absolutely. Exactly. If everybody we just talked about was graduating, then I think there may be more pressure for him to take it now, knowing that next year is probably going to be tough to repeat. But, man, you come out and you win another or you win the West and or, or competitive like, like this year, um, then I think you, you could get one of those big jobs without any trouble. Yeah, uh, and, you and, know, realistically. and here's the other factor, too, and we kind of hit on it earlier. You look around this conference, and it's going to be up for grabs again next year. There's no yeah, great team. Yeah, you know, I mean, even more than normal. You don't have that dominant Northern Illinois team or dominant Western Michigan team that's loaded up like they were that one year. You just don't see that with what everybody else has coming back. I don't look around the conference and think to myself, well, Buffalo's going to be unbeatable or whoever yeah. is going to be unbeatable. I think it's going to well, be just like it is this year. We've got when we have Felipe Franks at quarterback, Donnie. We're gonna win a lot. Of <laughs> uh, I like it. <laughs> well, and the other thing too is is we've just had to worry about the West lately. I mean, you look at the MAC championship games. The West has won three straight. They've won four out of the last five. Traditionally, over the last decade here, the West has been the better division. So the Chippewa is showing that they can win that division this year. And again, with everybody or most everybody coming back next year, uh, for the moment. That looks like they're going to make another run again then. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, there's some question marks probably in who's all going to be back, right? I mean, there's a few guys that, that are eligible not to come back, but it's such a different feel than last year. Right. I mean, it's not the rats on the sinking ship just bailing, right? I mean, you've got you've got a chance uh, with with all your buddies, and now you've, you've potentially won a MAC title, and, and everybody back next year you want to win another one and put your legacy, stamp your legacy uh, in the maroon and gold. I mean, I, I think – Everybody that's eligible to come back probably comes back next year. And then we're going to certainly add a few pieces uh, through the transfer portal. Uh, if Max here, you can you can guarantee that one. Yeah, and the recruiting class. I think he was talking to us at the coaches show mentioning they're, they're looking at 20 to 25 guys that they're planning on signing here for this recruiting class. So who knows what type of freshman could come in and contribute right away. Yep, that's always a question mark because there's certainly been a few this year that have contributed. The last thing about the MAC championship game, before we just dive in a little bit about Miami, Brock, I wanted to ask you this. You played back in the 90s and had a similar situation that could happen this year where coach leaves, a new coach comes in, and that coach in his first season, Dick Flynn, wins a MAC championship. If that happens on Saturday, Jim McElwain would be the third coach at Central Michigan to win a MAC championship in his first year. Butch Jones did it in 07, Dick Flynn in 94. What was it like to go from Herb Duramity in a five and six year to then in nineteen ninety four under a new head coach be able to turn it around and win a MAC championship? Because it feels like the team here in twenty nineteen is facing a similar situation. Yeah, I think when you're in it, you don't really realize what's happening. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, you got your head down. You you know you you're, you're listening to all the coach speak around you and how you're not very good and the other team's better than you and you got you know all those things that coaches tell you. And, and you have to tell them that, and you have to buy in, and that's what, that's why this team's been successful. You don't really realize it till you step back and look at it, you know, from from a, a little bit higher altitude, and just um, it's pretty cool. And, and you know that that team at '94, we didn't feel like a five and six team. The you know in '93, I mean, it just right. we, we lost we lost a lot of close games, and it just didn't feel that way. Um, and, and we just had a lot of talent. 
that, that came back. We had a good, uh, I was a junior that year in 94. We had a really solid senior class, uh, a, a group of guys that, um, that, you know, th- those seniors were, most of them were starters. There was just a, there was a good amount of leadership in that senior class. And, and I think that has helped this season, this, this team this year is, is the good senior leadership. We've talked about it a little bit when you've got guys, young guys looking at a quarterback playing on special teams and then, and then getting in and playing, uh, you know, playing in short yarded situations and, and seeing everybody get, get along together, which is what happened in 94. I mean, there's a lot of similarities and it's, and it's, uh, you know, another thing too is we ran the ball in '94 and we're running the ball in in in, in 2019. So, you know, I, I I don't know what all that means. I know there's a lot of similarities, and I and I think everybody it's got everybody pretty fired up in maroon and gold. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens on Saturday. And real quick before we get you out of here, Don, let's start with you because I know you began your prep against Miami. But the Chippewas they are the favorite by six points against the Red Hawks. Uh, first meeting of the year, they didn't play in the regular season, but. This certainly looks like a game where Central Michigan's got a really good shot to win. It really does. And when you go back and you look at Miami, and the thing I always do is kind of delve into the the stats first just to see where they rank in conference in different areas. And there aren't too many areas where Miami is better than Central Michigan. They have a few more sacks, a little bit better pass defense. But other than that, the Chippewas are kind of better in almost every area. And then you go back and you look at Miami and you think to yourself, when you look at some of these numbers and the fact that the, the quarterback's not very impressive, they don't have much of a running game, they don't have a receiver in the top 25 in the MAC, and you start thinking to yourself, how in the world do they win all these games? Because they don't look like they're that great of a team. In fact, in looking at what they've done so far and looking at their numbers, they look like me, to me, maybe the fourth or fifth best team that Central Michigan has played so far this season. Yeah. And, and I don't want to disparage them because they won the East. They just don't look like a, a fantastic team right now. And they're coming off a loss where they rested some people that got hurt in the first half that hurt them against Ball State. And then they played Akron and barely won that game. So they're not coming in red hot like the Chippewas are. And really, they don't have the offensive weapons that really scary at all. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got a true freshman at quarterback. Brock, I'm not sure how much you, you've watched on Miami, but they've got that uh, Gabbert kid. His, his younger brother is their starting quarterback, yep. um, Brett Gabbert. He was 6 for 8, 116 yards at Ball State. They led at half, pulled him at halftime. They had like five or six guys go down in that game. Then Chuck Martin's like, screw this. We're not going to waste this game. We want to be ready for the championship. And uh, he was very cautionary in the second half. They ended up losing that game, but – you said it, Don. They scored on one offensive possession, blocked a couple of punts. That's how they got their points, and then they couldn't do anything offensively. So numbers-wise, on paper, just as we felt going into the Toledo game, Central Michigan's got the better numbers, and uh, they're going in as the favorite, well-regarded. It's just a matter if they can play another complete game and find a way to win it. Yeah, I don't think as a player you look at those numbers, though. You know, I right. think coaches do the best job they can to – to flip it around, right? You don't want to sit there and tell your players, your team, that you know we're better statistically than everybody. That's the broadcaster's <laughs> job. That's right. why we're here. Right? No, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I know, and I do the same thing, right? But I, I just, you know, I mean, I, I get a little bit worried when I look at stats and see how much better we are than, than anybody because um, we haven't won anything yet, right? We've got to go in and win it. So you got to do the best job you can at uh, getting your players to believe that you're about to go play the, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and this team, you know, we ask if we don't play perfectly, we're, we're, we're going to get our tails whipped. And, and that's the job of the coaching staff to get the players to, to buy into that. And, and that's at any level, right? 
So I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and tell you how bad Miami is, but I'll tell you that I think Central is a better team, and I think we need to win based on everything what Donnie said. Um, and I've looked at the stats as well. I've seen them play a little bit. Um, I have a little bit of a vested interest in, in Miami just as my daughter goes to school there. And, and uh, so I've watched them play a few times and I, I don't think that, I don't think that, that, that on paper central beats them by three touchdowns. Right. In my opinion. Right. But, but it's a Mac championship game. Yep. And I think you got to kind of throw all that stuff out. Right. Cause it's a one game sample size. It's not a, it's not a seven-game series like a basketball or like a like a baseball. You know what I mean? And uh, I think we've seen over the years any any team can win on any Saturday. And uh, you know, but when you look at the entire season, a twelve-game sample size, what the statistics tell you is is what that team is. So I think on paper we're we're markedly better than the Red Hawks, and I expect to win. Um, but uh, but boy, we better come out firing on all cylinders. That you can't you can't let a team get get any momentum especially a team that's had some success even though they've they've uh, not been hot lately like donnie said yeah and, and we talked about it don mentioned they've, they've struggled at ball state and against akron but still they come in hot as well they've won five of their last six seven and five six and two in the mac the chip was have won six of their last seven eight and four six and two in the conference so and you said it brock i mean this is a mac championship game you, you come in with a different mindset knowing yeah. that if you win this thing you're going to remember it forever and you're winning it for your university yeah there's no doubt there's um you know it's it's not like a rivalry game but man it's 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 a little bit more it's a little bit more intense and it's you know, there's going to be some big plays. There's going to be some plays that go, for, you know, it's all these coaching cliches, right? It's a game of peaks and valleys, and it's a game of all these different things. And they all hold true, especially in a championship game. You just got to go out there and do what, just do what, do what your job is, nothing more. Uh, just do your job uh, and do it the best you can every single play and then reload and then do it again the next play and then reload. And if you do those things, you're going to come out on top. And uh, and I think that's going to hold true again this week. And and I think again, all year long, if we can get off to a fast start, I I personally think it'd be a lot like the Toledo game if you yep. get off to a fast start. Well, and uh-huh. and for me, you know, it's not technically a home game, but it's in the state, and there's going to be a lot of Chippewa fans. And how good is Central Michigan played in their home yeah. uniforms in their home setting this year? It's like a home game for our kids from Muskegon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they're there in Ford Field every, every single year. year. Yeah. To me, it's like don't yeah, don't no turn doubt. the football over, and they're going to have a great shot. I don't think they're going to lose if they don't turn the football over. That's to me I the agree. biggest key. I, I agree. Well, that's I think that's true of any game, right? Yeah. How about Muskegon losing on Saturday, Donnie? Crazy. Did you I did not. I, I looked at the score and I couldn't believe they lost the way they did. Coach, they, uh, kept, they kept Cameron Martinez. They held him to, into almost you know nothing. I mean, I'll tell you what, what a credit that River Rouge team. That was impressive. But I, I, I'm sorry to get off track. I just watched no. that game and you mentioned them. That was that was uh, quite shocking to me, to be honest with you. That's pretty funny because Coach McElwain in his in his uh, teleconference call or whatever with the Mac yesterday brought it up that the Muskegon guys were pretty bummed. Uh, on Sunday, he said they were talking all about how they were going to win another state championship, and Pimpleton and Sullivan, and of course Andrew Ward. Uh, unfortunately, their alma mater couldn't get it done. <laughs> yeah, I know. Neither could my uh, my Lumen Christie Titans. They ended yeah. up losing. So anyway, yeah, those are two powerhouses right there that both lost. And now here comes the big boy Mac powerhouses in 2019: Miami, Central Michigan. 
Guys, brought this up on the broadcast. Last win for the Chippewas at Ford Field was against Western Kentucky 2012 under Dan Enos, the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl. Last time the Chippewas were at Ford Field was against Minnesota in 2015 against John Bonamigo. They lost the Quick Lane Bowl 21-14. Just random nuggets the last time they've been there. But, man, it is a great feeling to have Central Michigan going back to Ford Field to play for a championship. That seems like where this program belongs. That's why you come to Central Michigan. You want a chance to play for a title, and these guys got that chance, and it's improbable after last year, but uh, certainly everybody's pretty proud of, of this program right now. Brock, we appreciate your time, man. Looking forward to the broadcast on Saturday. Thanks for coming on here, and uh, can't wait to watch that game. Always fun. See you guys on Saturday. See you, Brock. Now to go more in depth and talk about that game against the Miami Redhawks, we're going to bring in the play-by-play broadcaster for Miami. That's Steve Baker. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Adam. How are you, man? I'm doing well. They tried to keep you off the schedule from Central Michigan. They didn't want us to see each other, but uh, the Chippewas and the Redhawks made sure that we could see you on Saturday, huh? Yeah, looking forward to it. It should be a great football game. Well, tell us a little bit about Chuck Martin and this uh, Miami team here in 2019. A uh, really young football team. I, I, I'm really, uh, you know, not surprised, but, uh, you know, this is a team that, uh, you know, took its beatings in the early going uh, through a tough uh, non-conference schedule, as you guys can relate to, and, uh, you know, survived to uh, fight through uh, the conference schedule. I mean, our first conference games were against, uh, you know, Buffalo, Northern Illinois, Western Michigan, after playing Ohio State, Cincinnati, and, uh, you know, uh, Iowa, and uh, still managed to uh, make our way through here. Uh, Really good defensive team that, uh, you know, survived the season and then surviving injuries in the offensive line to uh, put enough points on the board to battle their way through to a championship. What do you think is the calling card, uh, best part about this Miami team here in 2019? Perseverance. (laughs) You know, uh, you lose uh, guys like Tommy Doyle and, you know, some other guys on the offensive line and uh, still find a way to go through. Jalen Bester wasn't healthy until about the last four or five games. And, uh, you know, Doug Coston, uh, you know, has been a champion on the uh, defensive side, along with, you know, guys like Bart Barati and Emmanuel Regumba. And, uh, you know, these guys have, have just battled their way through, uh, you know, all kinds of, uh, you know, problems throughout the season, always have been the underdog, uh, you know, for the most part, going into just about every game. And, uh, you know, they found a way to uh, get things going and uh, find a way to win. Is this team healthy, Steve? Because, man, rewatching that Ball State game, they were dropping like flies, it seemed, in that first half. And I know it sounds like Gabbert could have played in the second half, but how's the health of this team coming into the MAC championship game? I think we're going to be okay. Um, you know, I, you know, you watch that game, and you're right. Uh, you know, you had uh, wide receivers Jack Sorensen go down. You had offensive linemen go down. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, Brett Gabbert took a hit uh, late in that first half and was under observation pretty much for all the second half. And uh, you know, he still stood there on the helmet, but the word we got uh, with the helmet on, but you know, we the word we got from down below was uh, he was being looked at and observed by the medical staff. And I think that was a medical staff decision to keep him out uh, during. But I, I think we're going to be as healthy as we can be going into the uh, game on Saturday. So um, that uh, we're thankful for, and uh, we'll bet it, be ready to rock on uh, Saturday. We're talking with Steve Baker, voice of the Red Hawks, Chippewas and Red Hawks battling in the MAC championship game. Miami there for the first time since 2010. Central Michigan for the first time since 2009. Tell us a little bit more about this Miami offense. It's a true freshman uh, Blake Gabbert's uh, younger brother that's uh, running the show here. 
what what makes this offense tough to stop? Uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know Brett has developed the understanding of the offense and uh, what they've been able to do. Uh, he talks every day to his brother, uh, and you know they'll talk over the schemes and you know film studies and that sort of thing. Uh, has a unique understanding, uh, obviously, and uh, uses that contact pretty well. Um, the running game has certainly come along. A healthy Jalen Vester has been a, a big, big plus for us. I mean, every week over the last four weeks, he's busted a big one. Uh, you know, had a 16-yarder this week for a touchdown, but in the previous two games had 46, 45-yard touchdown runs, uh, and that's been a big plus. Uh, Tyree Shelton has been more of the physical back and, you know, certainly has been able, both of them, able to catch the ball out of the backfield using our tailbacks as wideouts. You'll see Maurice Thomas out there. He's listed as a wideout. He'll also line up in the backfield. Same thing with Davion Johnson. Uh, using those guys of kind of like Swiss Army knives in the offense has been a big plus for us. Having a healthy wideout in, uh, you know, uh, also Jalen Walker, Jack Sorensen, I think he's going to be healthy on Saturday, will be a big part of it as well. And, uh, you know, just a diverse offense. And, uh, you know, having a healthy offensive line is going to be a big part of it. Tommy Doyle is going to be up front. Caleb Schaefer went out in that game against Ball State. I think he's going to be back. Uh, but having those healthy five up there uh, is going to be a big part of it as well. Steve, what have you seen in the last couple of weeks? Like I said, you know, it looked like you, you held, they held some players out in the second half against Ball State, but uh, sort of struggled against Akron, winning by three, and then you lose to Ball State. I know they've come in and won five of the last six, but it seems like the last couple of weeks hasn't been traditionally what they've been playing like here in 2019 did, did they feel confident ready to go here coming in on Saturday or am I off base here no I think they feel confident on on Saturday uh I mean that first half against Ball State we were rolling right. uh quite honestly we were rolling against the Cardinals had the offense going defense was playing well and in that second half uh, there were just so many guys out that uh you know I, I don't think the offense was flowing at all um, you know, and, and it became difficult. The defense was out there 90-plus plays uh, against the Cardinals, and again, a lot of that is attributed to we had two special team punt blocks, so the offense didn't even have to go out. Uh, one play, a touchdown pass to Jack Sorensen after one punt block, and the other one was run in by Lonnie Phelps, Jr. Uh, so, you know, the offense skewed the, uh, you know, the amount of plays because the special teams was out there getting the points for the Red Hawks. Um, I think they feel confident going into the weekend. Obviously, Central Michigan's got a boatload of offense and, you know, going to be tough to stop. And, you know, the defense has been playing well. They haven't had a great couple of weeks here, but uh, I I think it'll be an interesting matchup uh, between our defense and uh, the Central Michigan uh, offense. Uh, You know, just obviously a load to handle. Sure. Certainly hoping for a great game. How excited are Red Hawk fans to get back to Detroit? I mean, I think the biggest part of this and what makes it unique is it's been nearly a decade for both these programs to get to a championship game and now they're both here in 2019 yeah rematch with the Dan Lefevre team that's right come on uh you know you go back a a long way it's been actually nine years ago for us Uh, it came up on my Facebook memories that we were up there broadcasting a game a championship game nine years ago uh, looking forward to getting back up there. And, and I know this team and the coaching staff is too. I mean, that's the goal. Uh, Chuck Martin's sixth year. Uh, we won a co-championship, didn't get to Detroit a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, you know, Chuck has done it the right way in rebuilding this program from 
a really low point and has come back and uh, it's taken a while to get there. But even now you take a look at the number of freshmen that are playing on this team and, you know, what they're accomplishing. Uh, you know, you can tell it's being built the right way, uh, built to come back next year and probably have a chance to be there in the year after that. So uh, I know the coaching staff and the players, and I know the fans are excited to be up there ready to play for a championship and certainly go on to a bowl game. And, you know, that's, that's what you play for. If you're in the Mid-American Conference, you want to play to get to Detroit, then you want to play for a bowl game. You want to play for that championship. A, a number one is the goal. Yeah, it kind of sounds like you guys feel the same way as us up here in Mount Pleasant, that it's a younger squad, and here they are playing in 2019. Steve, who knows, maybe Central Michigan and Miami, now we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but they could potentially be fighting it out to play again next year because a couple of young squads that have flourished here this season. Well, certainly look, look at what Northern Illinois has done. Uh, from year to year to year over the past several and I think both of these programs are built on that and I know you guys have a first year coach but look at what he inherited and what he's been able to do uh, with that team. Chuck Martin has certainly built this program to be able to return to that when you take a look at what we've done over the uh, course of the max schedule for the last seven years or several years I mean I think we're 22 and 9 now in conference play over the last uh, three or four years with Chuck Martin and uh, that's that's what he's building for is to be able to win the MAC win the MAC East, go to the championship game, hopefully win that. And, uh, you know, that's the goal every year. Obviously, our out-of-conference schedule hasn't uh, done us any favors. And, you know, when you, when you play two Big Ten teams and you have an annual game against a team like Cincinnati, it doesn't do you any favors. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, the, the bread and butter is the Mid-American Conference. And uh, we've done pretty well over the last couple of years. And uh, I would not be surprised to see a rematch of this game coming up next year. Steve, you've been a part of this conference for a long time, covering Miami and the entire conference as a whole. What does it say about the last five championship games that now, going back to 2015, we're going we're gonna to get our fifth straight different winner this year, and in the ten teams that have competed over the last five years, nine of them have been different teams. I mean, it's pretty fun, right? There's not a ton of clear-cut dominance like you said northern illinois they've been in this uh conference championship game over the last decade but there's been a lot of different teams that have emerged absolutely and it speaks to the uh competitiveness competitiveness of the conference the parity of the conference uh and you know i'll, I'll go back to our first uh, mid-american conference game uh, against buffalo had the opportunity to uh, talk with the commissioner and you know we were sitting in the, in the press box at halftime as, as it looks like a race to seven and five and that's exactly what it turned out to be. I mean, right. you, know, you you take a look at these teams, and you know you're going to get beat up in this conference, and it doesn't matter east or west. Uh, you know, our biggest game was against Ohio. We walked in there, and uh, you know we're the underdog in their place, and uh, hadn't won there in a while. And, uh, you know, it's wound up uh, luckily with uh, another win by somebody else securing the championship that night. And, uh, you know, that's that's the kind of conference that it is. I mean, you know, to, to, to secure the East Division with two games left is unheard of. Uh, you know, and, you know, that's how competitive this conference is. And, you know, it, it's one of those things uh, for us that, you know, uh, you know, it's been a while and uh, looking forward to getting up there and taking advantage of uh, what uh, this team has done and uh, looking to forward to, uh, you know, celebrating it and uh, hopefully getting a win. But it's going to be awfully tough against you guys. Yeah, no doubt. Steve, that's going to be my last question. If you put your Chuck Martin hat on, your coaching hat, what is it going to take for Miami, again, as coming in as an underdog to try and find a way to win and uh, get a MAC championship here in 2019? 
well, luckily I don't have to put on my Chuck Martin hat. Uh, you know, that's, that's, true. that's his job. Right. And, uh, you know, I just have to go up there and call the football game. But, you know, it, it, it's a tough football game. Obviously, you guys are loaded with offense. Our defense has played well in uh, those situations. And, you know, you know, I'll put our defense up against anybody. I know they're ready to go. Our offense has uh, struggled at times to score points, but uh, over the last four games, uh, you know, the last games up until those uh, two games against Akron and Ball State, and even in the, in the first half against Ball State, uh, we were able to put points on the board. I think it's going to be a great football game. Uh, wish you guys the best. Wish, wish Don and you guys a great call. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just going to be a great Mid-American Conference football game. We talk about Maction all the time, and I think the matchup's a great one. I think uh, the coaching matchup's a great one. I think the radio matchup's a great one. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in, uh, you know, in Detroit on uh, Saturday. And uh, uh, whatever happens, we're all going to have a great time. Absolutely. Exciting to be back in this championship game. Miami Central Michigan, 12 o'clock on ESPN2, but certainly hope you catch either the Miami radio broadcast or the Central Michigan radio broadcast. Steve Baker, a legend in the uh, radio broadcast column, especially in the Mid-American Conference. Thank you so much, and uh, always great hearing those deep pipes of yours, man. Thanks a lot, man. Looking forward to it, and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys more than anything else on Saturday. All right, Steve, thanks for your time. We'll see you down there. All right, man. Take care. Steve Baker, man, maybe one of the best voices, tones in the ma- – he's got <laughs> oh, yeah. a perfect radio voice, doesn't he? He's got good pipes, as they say in the business. He really does. Does a great job. He's been with Miami. This is his second stint. He was with them, right. left for a little bit, and then has come back, and he's been the broadcaster for the Red Hawks for a very long time. So we're excited to see him on Saturday and uh, Miami Central Michigan competing for a MAC championship. Don and I are competing for a PICS championship are really on the still podcast. Competing? Is it really considered a competition? No, it's not. You're throttling me every single week. I, I think I've won two weeks. One, two weeks. Two weeks. And we've tied, I think, two weeks. You've won the rest. <laughs> and uh, just so you guys know, this is like, what, week 14 right. in the PICS? Yeah, it's been a lot of weeks. So updated. A lot of frustration. On the standings, Donnie, take about 70 and 47. That's pretty good. I'm five and three last week, and uh, I'm sixty-three and fifty-four. I that's went not four bad. and four. Yeah, we're both over five hundred. Considering you were under five hundred at one point, that's pretty good. Let me give you another shout out. I did this on Twitter for all the people to see. Just in the improbable season that the Chippewas have had, Central Michigan received one vote to win the MAC West. Central Michigan received one vote to win the MAC Championship. Both of those were yours. So if the Chippewas at about three o'clock on Saturday. Wrap up a MAC championship, Donnie. Hit the lotto tickets, man, because you <laughs> called this thing back in July. Now, to be fair, I picked the Chippewas a lot of years where nobody <laughs> every else. Every year, well, almost every, every year. year. Been a couple but, years where I haven't picked us because I just knew we weren't going to be competitive. <laughs> but for the most part, I, I tend to pick us to do better than everybody else expects us to. So this would be the second time because it happened in basketball as well. But it makes you look great if they pull up, especially this year, coming off a one-win season when nobody thought we were going to do anything. You, did you watch the ESPN3 uh, program that they kind of do every year at the MAC Media Days with Dustin Fox right. and Michael Ray Guy? Yep. I remember them pulling up like the picks uh-huh. of the conference and – there was the the one vote by Central <laughs> Michigan. And I remember, I thought, and there's a vote for Central after one win last year. And we're all just like, 
yeah, there it is. No idea what to expect. And, man, who's laughing now, Donnie, especially if they wrap it up and get a MAC title on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, we knew there was talent there because we saw it last year, especially on the defensive side. So I don't think it's a surprise that we're a better team. I think it is a surprise that we're in the MAC championship game. I think Coach Mack would even tell you that. But then again, we've talked about all the different factors. The MAC's down a little bit. This team continued to get better. And they're just a lot better than everybody thought they would be. They certainly are. Reminder, Don and I aren't really betting these games. We're just doing them for fun. But we've, Boy, I wish I would have been. Man, you've had good success. <laughs> Donnie is 23 games over. I'm 9 over. And we'll see if we can improve it. We're going to do the championship game selections this week. Six enticing games. We'll wrap it up with Central Michigan and Miami. But let's get into it. Let's start down on Friday night. Pac-12 country, Utah, Oregon. Utah still got a shot to be that fourth team in the playoff. They are favored by six against the Ducks and Justin Herbert. What do you think late night Pac-12 after dark on Friday? You know, everybody's been talking about Justin Herbert going to the NFL and being a great quarterback. I just haven't seen it, and I haven't watched a ton of Oregon, so I'll preface my comments with that. But when I've watched him, he's been less than impressive, and Utah's defense is lights out. Now, I think it's probably going to be a close game. I don't like the fact that it's six, but if i got to pick somebody here, I'll, I'll take the Utes, and hopefully that defense is the difference and they win by a touchdown. I'm, I'm completely in agreement with you. I've watched Justin Herbert, I think, three times this year. He looks really great at times right. and when they need him at times, but then it's like there, there's a quarter or two where he just kind of lulls asleep in the game, and it doesn't look like his NFL draft stock is going up. And against a really, really good defense, maybe one of the best defenses in college football that people don't know about, I just don't see him getting on track and being a great quarterback in this game. Kyle Whittingham turning around this Utah program really for the first time since Urban Meyer was leading them before he got the Florida job. I like Kyle Whittingham and that defense, as you talked about, in that championship game. Give me the Utes to cover and win that. Let's go down to where we may not see a lot of defense in Big 12 country, oh, Oklahoma <laughs> and Baylor. It's a rematch of the regular season. Baylor got up big in Waco. Oklahoma came storming back in the second half and won. Baylor covered that spread. This one is a spread in favoring of Oklahoma by eight points. Wow. High noon on Saturday. What do you think about this one? Again, I don't like the number. I like Oklahoma to win the game because I think they're playing better football. Jalen Hurts scares me a little bit because at times he looks really, really good, and then other times he'll throw a really, really bad ball for a pick. But at the same time, it's been a great season for Baylor, but I got to go with Oklahoma. I think this might be a two-touchdown game. I think the, uh, the clock finally strikes 12 for Baylor and the Bears. Great run, but it ends here. We've talked a lot about McElwain and the job he's done turning around a program. Can we talk about Matt Rule? Oh, I yeah, mean, he's all the, the hot name right now. All the yeah. sanctions that Baylor just went yeah, through. Yeah, that program was a mess. They were 1-11 yeah. two years ago, and here they are competing for a Big 12 championship. I like Baylor here. I don't know if they're going to win down, right. but like you said, that's a big point spread. They I'm rooting for Baylor, by yeah, the way. They competed, <laughs> <laughs> they competed against Oklahoma in that first game. Really should have won if they wouldn't have fallen apart in the second half. I don't know if Baylor can win, but I think they can keep it within that eight-point window. Not going to be a lot of defense in that game. Let's go to another intriguing game, SEC, LSU, and Georgia. Georgia with the great D. They've had struggle scoring. LSU with arguably the Heisman Trophy winner and Joe Burrow. And uh, that offense, the Tigers are favored by 7.5 Saturday, 4 o'clock, SEC country. I'll go first here. I like the Tigers. Joe Burrow. The guy has been amazing this year. I know Georgia's got a good D, so this is interesting to me to see what kind of test that LSU offense gets. But I like the Tigers to cover the spread, win this one by at least 10, 14 points, and head into the playoff uh, in a couple of weeks. I like LSU to win because I don't think Georgia has enough offense. But again, I think this is probably going to be a lower scoring game. 
So I'm going to take the Bulldogs. I okay. think they hang around. I think it's a close game. I think LSU gets the win, hopefully by three. Okay, Donnie, uh, this next one, it's one of those, how much do they win by? Clemson against uh, Virginia. Virginia, welcome. Welcome to the ACC Championship. What Clemson, I think, has won like five straight or four Boy, in a row. They're playing well, too. The spread is 29. Can Bronco <laughs> is that the highest in, spread in the history of championship uh, games? It's pretty darn high. Bronco Mendenhall and the Cavaliers, can they keep it closer than 29? I don't think you think there's an upset. I think Clemson's going to win this game, but I don't know what to do here. I can't give 29 in a championship game. That's way too many. <laughs> Clemson's playing great. Virginia's a pretty good football team. Now, I right. get that Clemson's great, but, I mean, you have a, just a couple hiccups. You turn the ball over a couple times, and there goes your 29-point spread. So that's I'll, over four touchdowns. Yeah, that's like, you can keep it within four correct. touchdowns. Now, you know they'll win by 42, but right. I'll, I'll take the – Virginia Cavaliers and the 29. I, that guy's done a great job there. Bronco Mendelhall, we saw them a couple years ago yeah. when he started to turn it around and put a whooping on the Chippewas. 28 to nothing until Central Michigan came back and right. tied it. That was a crazy game. Yeah, give me Virginia. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, it's 29 in a championship game. Virginia's going to play up for this. And uh, you know what? Clemson hasn't gotten a test in a long time going back to what? The Texas A&M game? I mean... Uh, North Carolina earlier in the season. I think Virginia can at least keep it within the three-touchdown range and maybe give us a game. Let's go to another one where this one could get ugly. We saw it get ugly earlier this year in Columbus. Ohio State rolled Wisconsin. Wisconsin came in after that loss. They got surprised at Illinois. This one a, a favorite under 17. This is easy money. I'm taking Ohio State. They've covered all year. They just beat down my Wolverines. 16.5-point spread for the Buckeyes. Ohio State raises the Big Ten Championship trophy again this year. I think they win this one by 17-plus. You know, I thought Michigan was going to hang in there a little bit better against Ohio State than they did. Maybe if they wouldn't have jumped off sides, <laughs> missed an extra right. point, fumbled right. a snap, so dropped a touchdown. I, Donnie, I could go on for three right. minutes. I think Ohio State showed a little bit that they're a little bit vulnerable. I mean, they have some great players. When you look at Chase Young and the running back and, and the quarterback. Can someone talk about Justin Fields? Don, yeah. he's thrown 37 touchdowns right. this year and had one, one interception right. in his first year in that offense. I mean, it's amazing. We may be looking at a great team here, but I'm going to take Wisconsin. Okay, I'll take Bucky. The, the points, and hopefully they've learned some lessons from that first game and they hang around. How about the Badgers' performance in Minnesota? Right. And they blew I'm out. I'm just taking them because of that because I was, I was never happier when I looked up at the screen and saw that <laughs> score. That one came out of nowhere. I did not expect it not to be a close game, both Minnesota and uh, Wisconsin. But Wisconsin wins the axe back. They will take on Ohio State. So, Donnie, going with the Badgers. Let's finish it out. The big one on Saturday, 12 o'clock. Hopefully you are headed to Ford Field. Central Michigan putting their perfect MAC championship record on the line. They're 3-0 when they head to Ford Field. 06, 07, 09, and 2019, perhaps. Chippewas favored by six. What do you think, Donnie? I think the line is a little low, quite honestly. Chippewas are playing great football. Miami comes into stumbling a little bit. We talked about the loss against Ball State, the very, very close win against a horrible Akron team, maybe the worst team in all of college football. They are winless. They've got injury troubles. Their quarterback left the game in the first half. He's banged up a little bit. Gabbert had a couple offensive linemen get dinged up and leave. You had one of the receivers leave. They don't have anybody that jumps out at you on offense as a difference maker, where the Chippewas have three or four guys that are difference makers that can go out and get the big play, the explosive play. They don't have that. They rely on their defense. They rely on special teams. They need turnovers to hang in a game like this and get wins and give them all the credit in the world. They've had a great season. I just don't see how Miami wins this game unless Central Michigan has a performance like they had at Western 
or they had at Buffalo. The turnovers. But those are two two games that were so long ago and on the road, and this team is so much better than they were then. I don't want to be a homer, but I don't think it's that close. I think it's a 14-point game, and the Chippewas win going away, and it could get worse than that. Chippewas are perfect in those home uniforms this year, 6-0, and and Donnie, you said it, and we talked about it with Brock earlier in this podcast. We've talked so much about their offense. Let's not forget Central Michigan is top two, top three in the back, defending the run. Miami needs to run the football to get that offense going. you got a true freshman at quarterback. I like the Chippewas here, too. I don't think it's going to be a blowout because Miami's going to come in. They're going to play tough. They're going to keep it close. But I still think Central Michigan can win this football game by a couple of touchdowns, 10, 14 points. CMU, in all honesty, they should win their fourth MAC championship game, and it would be their eighth in program history if they get the title. I like the Chippewas to win this game. Yeah, and don't forget you factor in the what's going to be a partisan crowd in favor of Central Michigan. Miami's not going to have nearly as many people there as the Chippewas are going to have. We get great turnouts in Detroit with all the CMU alums. So you've got all these different factors that are in Central Michigan's favor. There just aren't enough factors that are in Miami's favor. So if, even if you look at it objectively, and obviously we're less than objective, I think CMU is the, the clear pick. And I, I could see that line going up. The line started at like four and a half, went up to six and a half at seven in some places. I think by game time it could be eight or nine. We're not objective, but we're still fair. And we've watched what we've watched. Right. And to me, you know, we would tell you if we think Miami's the better football team, we would tell you. But to me, on paper, you read off the stats. You look at these two offenses, the way they've played. We know that this is an offensive conference in the MAC. It looks like Central Michigan's the better football team. Now they got to go play like it on Saturday to win it. There's certainly a chance that Miami could win this football game, but if the Chippewas play the brand of football they've been playing the last few weeks, build that momentum and keep it going, I think they're going to win the MAC championship on Saturday. Donnie, how are we listening to the uh, to the broadcast for people that can't make it out? It will be on ESPN two, but uh, broadcast will begin at eleven with us. What do we got? We got the all of our radio affiliates, and then if you are somewhere where you can't listen to one of our affiliates in the state of Michigan. You can download the TuneIn app or the CMU Athletics app. Yep. Just go to wherever you get your apps at and do a search for TuneIn or CMU Athletics. And on the TuneIn app, you just do another search for Central Michigan. Once you get that opened up, and you'll find the football or basketball links. And just click on the football link, and it's crystal clear no matter where you're at. I'm a giant nerd, so I'm going to promise all the MAC championship stats. I dropped a couple here on the uh, podcast earlier, but I'm sure I'll have more hits down from the right. sideline on Saturday. Don and Brock will do a great job delivering the Chippewas' first championship game appearance since 2009, and uh, we're excited for it. Cam Cole, I believe, senior wide receiver, is going to join me. We're going to talk with Charlie Fry on the pregame. We'll get Jim McElwain. We'll hear from Steve Baker probably again, the voice of the Red Hawks, but uh, should be a really fun broadcast, and it's inside, Donnie. It's inside. I don't have to deal with the, the snow or the wind. Oh my and That's goodness. the other thing about, about the broadcast, even if you're going to watch the game on TV, and we can't blame you for that, and you're not going to listen to the broadcast during the game, listen to the pregame. That starts an hour earlier. That's the best part of the, the broadcast, right? right? Adam, because you're going to get all those interviews, you're going to get all that information. It's a perfect setup to get you ready for the game. And you can listen to it even if you're at Ford Field. Just download the yeah. app and away you go. What a turnaround this has been so far. Been a chance to win a MAC championship. Let's do this thing on Saturday. Can't wait for it. I'm excited. I, I sense a championship. All right. We'll see you guys down at Ford Field. Cheering loud. Wear that maroon and gold. And let's fire up chips and see if Central Michigan can bring this thing home. <laughs>